podcast. Hey, what's up? And welcome to episode 41 of Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. Um, yeah, big achievement last week, episode 40. Didn't think I would get to it, and, and I did. And obviously, a lot has changed since um, the very first podcast that I did. You know, started off episode one just sitting um, in my old house at my kitchen tables like dining room slash living room table all in one um you know why mess around with different rooms when you can have an all-in-one do you know what i'm saying like if you could do that with nutrition generally you make a lot of money but hey i'm now i've moved house i'm in a now a bespoke studio aka my actual garage um but it is what it is it's getting better i'm enjoying the podcast now i feel like i couldn't not do it and when i started off to be honest i just kind of wanted a different avenue to go down to talk about uh, weirder things, maybe stuff that could eventually turn into stand-up material, um, stuff a bit different than I talk about on the Boytown podcast. And yeah, I've footed about with it and it's become what it's become. So just thanks to everyone that's taken time out to listen. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully y'all, I uh, kill me, um, hopefully you all uh, enjoy listening and hopefully it can, it can get can get better and go for another 40 odd episodes um but yeah what a, what a week i've had as a lot of you guys know i'm uh i'm a major stand-up star on the ni scene you know you know i'm a big name i'm a popular act people flock from everywhere to see me and you know where have i been gigging this week you want to know well i've been gigging in a bar in cushion doll hmm that's what we're all about. Friday, I was in the uh, in the Lurig Inn in Cushendall, which you know was it was it was a fun day in terms of gigs because I finished work, went straight from work up to Cushendall with Shane Todd and Aaron Butler, and um, a couple of my my pals, and uh, it was good chat, good chat on the way up, great good banter. It's one of the more one of the things I enjoy most about doing for far away gigs is that you can like hang out with your mates and have a bit of banter there on the way there. Got to Cushion Doll and met with Christy and Shane, the, the two guys that, that own the bar, and had a bit of lunch with them, a bit of dinner, sorry, which was which was nice, two sound lads. And then I went to do the gig. Um how'd the gig go? It happened, you know, and take out of that what you want. Would it have been better possibly for me as an opening act? to have had you know maybe a working microphone yeah would it have helped a little bit to have had um lights on stage so i could be seen yes that would have helped but hey you work through it you do the shift and you you warm up um for the next act coming on which is 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 fun like i don't mind doing i don't mind being on a bill anywhere i'm comfortable opening i'm comfortable being in the middle of set i'm comfortable headlining doesn't bother me but the more I have, let's say, been on the later stages of a bill or headlining, the less I've enjoyed being the very first act on. Because whenever you get on, there's like you're going on cold to an audience that haven't had their had their laughter virginity that night taken. You know, so they're all sitting there, just all faces. Sometimes they're very keen to laugh straight away. Other times, hmm, not so much. And whenever you're up there and hey you can't be seen or heard it's more difficult to to make them laugh but we did that gig it was nice um there's a cushioned off festival going on at that time so there's a lot of um people dressed up very strangely and uh, initially i didn't realize there was a festival on and just thought the cushioned doll was basically um uh just basically a commune for freaks you know, I just thought all the mental people of NI just slotted on up the cushion doll, dressed like um, Black Swan. There was a woman definitely in her mid seventies, dressed like Natalie Portman in Black Swan, which hey, it's a it's a unique outfit. It's pretty sexy and should definitely not be worn by people in their mid seventies for sure. But that was the first time. I went, Whoa, that's strange. Then there was um, this dude who was wearing the hilarious costume of a, like, leprechaun with a dude on his shoulders. Don't know if you've seen those costumes. A lot of people w- would sport them who don't actually really have, you know, what's what's the word, personalities. 
um, they wear these outfits that they think make them really funny. But hey, if you've seen one, you know, the first time you see it, you go, ha, it's quite inventive. But then when it gets to like 50, 60 times, um, not funny. But when you're in a place that you think is a commune for insane people, you go, that's fair enough. At least he's out of the house, you know. At least that dude isn't in the house being a pyromaniac and uh, listening to Christy Moore and just setting bits of balsa wood on fire. And there's no, there's absolutely no relevance to Christy Moore there. It's just literally the first musical act that popped in my head. And um, on the other side of the coin, you probably listen to the likes of uh, James Brown as well. There's nothing to say the pyromaniacs don't enjoy the work of uh, Santana. Do you know? There's nothing to say that Christy Moore is the go-to act for pyromaniacs. Albeit, like during the troubles, if you're on a sort of more, more Republican side, and maybe you are indeed like I know a petrol bomb thrower there's a chance you might you know there could be hell i'm saying is yeah i thought i was wrong initially as i keep going maybe i'm going maybe i'm right who knows i don't actually know if if, if any of you guys out there know the the exact facts on that you know get in touch let me know be keen to know what pyromaniacs tend to listen to but yeah we did the gig in cushendall and then made our way back home um in the dead of night which was quite it's quite a journey to do you know got myself back home um snuck into the house as to not wake the baby who was just basically in awful form all night she's teething teeth are coming out left right and center she looks kind of like rylan at the minute from uh, from x factor just a little dude with giant amounts of teeth she's her, her teeth are definitely like there's no milk teeth like um that's one of the things with Elliot. So I know whenever I was born, as a lot of the, the more frequent listeners will remember, I, I could walk and talk at birth. Um, I also full set of gnashers, bit through my own umbilical cord, and um, was quite impressive. Holly was born toothless, to be fair, but she's gone straight from being toothless to having full-grown adult teeth. You know, no milk teeth up in this bitch, you know what I'm saying? She doesn't need that shit. Why waste time when you can just come in straight with full adult teeth? Gapped. Definitely, because, I mean, that's just the trademark look of an Elliot is a full gap in your teeth. Which a lot of people um, would kind of mock me for and be like, oh, look at the gap tooth guy there. But hey, what I'm saying to you guys is, can any of you guys stick your tongue out with your teeth closed? Nope, but I can. I can put my tongue clean through my front gap of my teeth, and I can be sticking my tongue out at you with my mouth and my teeth clenched together. What do you say about that? You know, people say there's a talent where people can like either you got it or you don't, where you can roll your tongue. You know, but I can pop my tongue through gap in my teeth. Ah, oh, that's what I'm talking about. And guess what? I can pop other things through there as well. You know what I mean whether it's like tubes to like put in sneaky pints that you would like hide into a bespoke dinner suit that has hidden compartments for booze. I can do that. I can fit um fish knives through there if I'm looking to just cut myself a real nice fresh bit of cooked salmon and just slide that in my mouth and hey if I'm gay I'm suck dicks without opening my mouth yeah she's going Britain's Got Talent Watts Simon Cowell would be very keen to see that David Williams would be extremely keen for that I would imagine but um, yeah it's a gift and Holly's got that gift too hopefully she won't uh, follow her father's footsteps and have things like that between her gap but hey who's to know she's her own woman she can decide herself so got myself home she was awake all night got super sleepy woke up on saturday and um, went to the gym as per being a physique guy went pump some iron with my, my pt matt he got me lifting probably way too much for my shoulders because they're still a wee bit sore today but got me doing that came home um and then i slept accidentally when i was looking after the baby um and then i started getting myself ready to go and do the second gig of the weekend up in limavati at the stent hall festival which was a good time let's not face it i enjoyed myself there but um what's not ideal when you're doing a, a gig is to turn up and literally have to go from you get there straight on stage with literally no time to really get yourself together but I went on, once again, did a did a set, enjoyed it. I thought that it could have been awful um, because we were told in advance that, hey, there's going to be a lot of kids here. But, hey, that's not my target audience, believe it or not. Um, some would, would be surprised to hear that I'm a little bit... Um, I'm a little bit 
I'm a little bit blue, let's say. I'm a little bit X-rated. I'm a little bit adult um, for the kids. But I was able to um, adjust my set on the spot enough that I don't think it caused any great offence. Um, but hey, that all comes with experience. Do you know what I mean? The older you get, the more experienced you get in the terms of stand-up and general life. It's true, the older you get, the more experienced you get. But in terms of stand-up, the more gigs you do, the more time you have on stage, the better you get. And it's a it's definitely a stark contrast to one of my, my first gigs I did, which was, strangely enough, at a teenage girls beauty pageant now um why was i there i don't know i have literally no clue why i was there but was i uh, the first act to be booked for that particular gig hmm no had they booked the fire angels dance group slash fire breathers slash acrobats to do some sort of turn at this event instead of me yes could they get them? Nope, they couldn't do it for some reason or other. They had pulled out. And hey, whenever you can't get hold of a sexy group of limber dancers who can breathe fire, dragon people, I think they're called, um, who do you call for? That's right, the big dog, El Perro Grande, La Grosse Chien, Das Grosse Hund, and Downtown Quang. That's in Chinese, by the way. You call for me. So automatically, I was up against it. I'm in a room full of uh, teenage girls. And hey, when the teenage girls aren't watching, you know what a room full of teenage girls brings? Two types of people. Family members of teenage girls and pedos. So I was busy doing a gig in front of a room full of children, pedophiles, and the the children's families, right? So I went up doing some some bits. I think it was something to do with... um, What's the term? Um... Uh, rimming I think it was and uh, yeah I just remember looking into the audience and seeing a mum just holding her two hands over the ears of her kid whilst I was going through this disgraceful routine that nowadays I'd be absolutely turned to even not turned like not I did a dab there by the way um not like like the cool phrase but like turned as in repulsed revolted um completely offended and I wonder why I didn't get a laugh. You know, at the time, I blamed it on the MC, who was, of course, a drag act, who brought me on stage by saying, you, this next guy, one of the best comedians in the country, I love him. It's, and then she obviously didn't know my name. So, um, to come on after that, I was I just like, yeah, I was up against it, but also my material was not suited. So with that experience in the locker, in the back of my mind, I was able to adapt bits while I was on stage. I do a bit... Um, about you know S and D let's say um and I didn't say I was S and D I said I was uh, noshing off guys you know so to me kids wouldn't get what noshing off means and uh, I'd be sweet but I got enough laughs to do and uh, then went off which was grand on came Shane to do his bit watched him for a bit went back into uh the the trailer that all the the acts have at this festival because hey that's what I was as a performer at a festival take that off the bucket list and while I was in the the trailer which is probably a similar standard of trailer um than the that the likes of hey Tom Cruise would use or like Vin Diesel or The Rock Dwayne Johnson or like you know other A list superstar action stars like Liam Neeson. Or again, you know, Forrest Whitaker. If that's, you know, what you're into, that's kind of trailer I was expecting. What I got was just a, I think it was just a disused caravan, essentially. It was nice. It was good to have a bit of space, but it was a disused caravan. My phone battery had run out of juice. I had absolutely nothing left on that, so nothing really to entertain myself with. So I thought, hey, I'll just kick back here and uh, just relax. I've no baby, I've no responsibilities, I've a bit of free time, I've no phone to distract me. I'll just have me and this nice bench in this caravan. And within a matter of minutes, I assume, this became a totally euphoric experience for me and I passed out and fell asleep, only to be rudely awoken by one of the guys, one of the stagehands or one of the runners of the event, the festival, coming in and, and, and startled me and woke me up, which was um, really embarrassing, let's say, um, that I 
live the rock and roll lifestyle of like performing on a on a main stage at a festival and instead of just getting a load of drugs into me and a load of a load of shots and shit i just pass out in the caravan and i think that if people saw that of me like i know listeners of the podcast know i'm pretty far out guy in my spare time i'm pretty wild they would be quite disappointed because i'm sure a lot of other acts would be getting the jack daniels on board you know getting you know all the soft drugs on like all the the a class or all the b class sorry you know like whatever ibuprofen and heroin whatever um but yeah i was just kicking back so a bottle of water and some some shot eye you know i think there was more than enough people at that particular festival on um bath salts to you know make up for for the fact that i was not performing um on the social scene particularly there was one guy in particular who i don't think he had um i don't think he had a mandible anymore i think he'd eaten his own mandible which is uh, the, the jawbone essentially he had no lips he had no chin um single or double and he had no mandible because he must have been so axed off his head he just ate it all you know it's wiped out a lot of wiped out people strong smell of ganja in the air and the more uh, my experience did the more i thought hey because you're just throwing a few fuck bombs in that set because there are fully drugged up hammered people here and i'm just gonna say a few f-bombs you know what i mean but um it made me it, it made me yearn for my early 20s like it made me think hey if i had no responsibilities i could stay up here and have a terribly bad time um in the good sense you know not a terrible not a shit time i'd have a terrible my behavior would be atrocious and i would enjoy it i get tent up i get lit i have a great time probably would actually suck off a few guys but hey you know you can you can take that out of the guy but you can't take that out of the guy that makes no sense you can take the guy out of the kremlin but you can't take the kremlin out of the guy that's what i meant to say you can't take the guy out of the guy you could take your own guy out of a guy if you were in a guy in the first place and put it into another guy or else take another guy's guy out of a guy and then put it into you but hey i'm losing track of myself what i'm saying is festivals are fun i enjoy doing them um i would definitely get more interactive with them if i was younger and um I hope to be back and do Stand Hall again next year because it's a pretty cool time. The The audience was very enjoyable and hopefully next time I do it, I can have a bit more time to get up, get chilled out, get into the, the spirit and, and nail a set and really enjoy it. But it was a fun weekend of gigs and guess what? Anyone out there going, oh man, I've missed a couple of gigs from the big man. Don't worry, I'm doing Lavery's Comedy Club on Wednesday night. Um, it's a... It's a heavy duty lineup, both in terms of quality and mass. Big strong boys. It's a big strong boys lineup. It's a bears lineup. So if you're into comedy, get yourself down there. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a laugh. Three good acts. Um, if you enjoy the bear look of a man, like a big, um, you know, strong hairy guys, come and check it out. Because it's myself, Colin Geddes, and Connor Keys. You know, three sexy big men you know what i mean um so if you want to come down to that laugh your balls off or you know flick your bean off whatever you want to do um by all means come do that um but i'll be on on wednesday night and i'm very much looking forward to that plug 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 that's all i'm doing plugging you know i'm just a plug machine so while i'm plugging why don't you just get on to the itunes and rate, rate and review the podcast um the reviews have been really kind so far and I really appreciate that. So if you get on the iTunes, give me a five-star review and then write a comment about it. Um, I'll read it out, no matter what it is, as long as it's positive. If it's negative, I will probably just um, go to the bottom of the garden, sit under a tree and cry. Because, you know, that, that's how much that kind of stuff affects me. But if it's a positive comment, I'll for sure read it out. And the majority of the, the comments have been positive. So hey, guess what? I'm going to read out um new reviews that i got this week and there might actually be a new one here as we stand before as i stand before you now no i don't i just got another uh five star review thanks but the comment that i've got this week's from jd hazard i'd hazard a guess it's a guy <laughs> could be a girl though so don't know could be a hermaphrodite i love you all anyway but cheers um to jd hazard who said i'm a classy guy um you you're maybe getting the wrong end of the stick from listening to the podcast man slash woman but um i appreciate that you think i'm a classy guy that means a lot um and jd has said love boy town love todd 
Todd cast. It's hard to say that, um, but this takes the biscuit. Thank you very much. I'm glad you listened to the Boytown podcast. I'm glad you listened to Shane's podcast as well. Um, but I, I, it really means a lot that this is your your favourite. Um, because it's, yeah, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's just me talking shit really for an hour. Um, and it's never really an hour. It's always 45 minutes solid. But um, yeah, it feels good, and I know I know a lot of time I try to I try to give we insights into the world of stand up. Always keen to uh, pull back the curtain, let you know what's going on in the local scene. Like happy to give you all the goss. See if one of your questions is tell me some scandal. Hey, guess what? I'll do it because I'm a tight T O U T. Do you mean tights get shot? But hey, catch me, and which is probably really easy to do because I'm one of the slowest comedians on the scene, probably in terms of physical speed and also mental capacity but head do what it do do you know what i mean and this week it did something that i haven't done quite a while and it's probably going to be quite a controversial topic to discuss not proud of it i'll be honest but um i um went to a public swimming pool um yeah don't know if a lot of you guys know this but since i've been like 16 i've been a member of a a private um health club and this is the first time I've been to a public swimming pool in a long time. And guess what? I had my eyes opened. I did. I thought, you know, I'm going to go here. I'm bringing Holly swimming. She loves to swim. I'm not a member of uh, of the health clubs anymore. I've moved. I've relocated. So I need to get a gym near to where I live. Somewhere suitable for me. And in the interim, I'll just go where I can go. So I brought um, Holly swimming. And it was fine until I, you know, got there. And... I just realised how many children in the world are total cunts. Like, there are so many obnoxious, hateful children in there. Like, we were in the swim pool. Holly was in a wee flotation device. Um, I should point out it's like a rubber ring type thing. It's not like a special submarine flotation device. She's not like crying from the turtles. She's not in some sort of specially designed robotic suit that floats in water. She's... um. Literally just in a rubber ring, like a rubber ring pair of pants, essentially. She'd pop her legs in and leave her there. She was there, and there were these, like, feral uh, water children who were just there by themselves. Not a parent in sight. They must have been about seven or eight years old. And they were uh, playing a game, which I imagine to um, a poor child would be pretty entertaining. And I don't mean poor as in unfortunate child. I mean financially ain't got no money these wee fucks, right? These kids were just firing floats at each other. Like just literally pelting floats at each other. Which is fair enough. If they want to pelt floats at each other, go ahead, pelt floats until the cows come home. But when the big man's in the swim pool with his fiance and his daughter, you just you stay out of the hit zone, do you know what I mean? And uh, one of the floats came perilously close to to Holly in her in her rubber ring, which if she had been in a crying suit, it would have been actually perfect. And when I say it out loud, I think I should have probably paid to uh, get one of those. But I said to one of the wee boys, I was like, "Here, watch where you're throwing that. Don't let that come near her again." And he just sort of looked at me and was like, "Aye," and on he went. And I just felt a complete build up of rage inside me, and like. I don't know if any of you guys get this, but like rather than like reacting straight away, I would imagine what I would do if I were to react how I wanted. And what I would have done to that guy would have been just walked over to him in this pool slowly, just put both my hands on his shoulders and just held him under the water until, hey, you know, he couldn't breathe anymore. His heart has stopped and he died. But they pissed me off and they were just fucking throwing these floats about the place. There was a, a lifeguard there who was probably, I don't know, 13, I don't know. But that's what she looked. And she was like, hey, stop doing that. And the, these wee bad boys were just like, nah, fuck you. And, like, the baddest boy was just the fattest little boy I've ever seen. Like, and, like, I was looking, I'm going, man, you know, I, I was skinnier than you when I was at school. And I was a chunk. And I got bullied for being fat. And why are you the leader of a gang? You should definitely be being bullied. These two are wee skinny wee fruits with big teeth. You know those big... You know kids get to the age where like their teeth are just too big for their bodies. Like it's just their actual um, adult teeth coming through. Because most kids get their adult teeth, you know, in and around like 
they're like tens, elevens, I think. These boys were had their their adult teeth just through, and their mouth were just you know the, the sort of face you just want to repeatedly strike with your elbow. They had that, and there's not a parent sight. And I was doing my head, and I was like, why is there no respect from these kids anymore? And I thought about it because parents aren't enforcing like discipline and respect in their kids anymore like see if i thought holly well if i had the you know i'll never let her out of my sight to be fair but if i did let her go out with her friends to the swim pool and she was acting a prick and it got back to me i'd punish her you know i would definitely definitely punish her the sad thing is about having a daughter like i love having a daughter but the sad thing is i wouldn't beat my daughter see if i had a son mm, i would take him to the woodshed because guess what when i was little I got brought out there. My dad whooped my ass when it was bad. And guess what? It made me a better person, I think, because I know the difference between right and wrong. Kids these days are we punks. Do you know what I mean? They just, they don't think there are any repercussions because a lot of the case, there aren't anymore. You know, if you say anything to a kid or touch a kid, they're all, like even, I've a good mate of mine is a, is a teacher and he was like, yeah, kids, just, you say something to them, they're all like, I know my rights. I know my rights. And you can't do anything. Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem with kids. You can't take... If you can't take action against a bad kid, they just keep being bad. And there's nothing to stop it. I remember once, whenever I was younger, I my sister was doing my loafing, so I took her and uh, carried her and dropped her into a wash basket and set a dumbbell on top of that so she couldn't get out. But then uh, she got out and the dumbbell was like a concrete dumbbell but inside plastic so when she pushed the dumbbell out hit the ground it broke I lost my rag and uh, I think like I kicked her really hard in the shin because I'm a good guy I wouldn't punch a girl it's just in me, in me even from a young age so I just uh, fully struck her in the shin as hard as I could which then she cried over and then I did what all older siblings do to their younger kid, their younger siblings that start crying is I held a cushion over her face and said shut the fuck up shut the fuck up don't get me in trouble shut up shut up and I was like I'll buy you Twix I'll buy you Twix don't you fucking tell me and uh, at that stage my my mum came in my mum was always actually you know thinking about it my mum's worse than my dad my dad was this big like my dad was like uh, the enforcer in a gang and my mum was like the wee rotten gang leader like the wee flipping head honcho she'd come in and see the situation and be like hey Jean Luigi come in here and sort him out and then my dad would come and just lay the smack down on me um, but yeah, I got pummeled that day. The blows rained down on me. But guess what? Did I slam my sister into a wash basket and put a weight on her again? Nope. I learned my lesson. And I always remember... Um, and like, I guess what? You know, just on that note, I'm good good friends with my folks now. I've grown up and we are good friends. I know I probably should take, um, you know, uh, retrospective action against them for, for the beatings they used to lay out on me. But, you know, it made me the guy that I am. I just feel like nowadays you can't do anything to kids. And they just... Go to swim pool, act like assholes, throw floats at guys that don't know. Like that's what I think you should be saying to kids too. You should be, hey guys, look, when you're out, you need to be respectful and mannerly because hey, you don't know who you're going to come up against. Like these kids, they, I should have been able to whip their ass. You may should be able to walk up and just smack a guy with a float, and then just be like, well, it's not my fault. Your parents didn't warn you that there's some seriously dangerous dudes out there in the swimming pool. You know what I mean? Some fucked up guys can lay a smackdown on you. Yeah, maybe I'm what I know. 16 stone 17 stone heavier than that particular kid was but that's you know that's what happens when you're in the jungle the big cat wins you know what i mean the top of the food chain wins so it's not my fault if you're a puny wee eight-year-old boy with a smart ass mouth you know i'd strike you in the shins full of volley like i did to my sister that's my special move the the shin strike that's what i do but i just i just don't know and like those kids running into me when i was in the change rooms not like oh excuse me mister albeit i probably took up most of the corridor but even at that just no 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 manners no respect so what's one thing i'm going to enforce on holly she's going to say her p's and q's she's going to be polite to people she's going to be mannerly and respectful and if she's not you know she may wear shin pads that's all i'm saying because papa pump kicks the shins you know what i'm saying um, but yeah, it annoyed me, it irked me that, and yeah, I just feel like people should behave better, you know, kids especially, and it's quite funny that I mentioned behaving better as a topic, because guess what, I'm going on my stag do this week, and I'll be totally honest, I'm shitting myself about it, like, when I say that out loud, this genuinely 
could be the last ever weird podcast. Do you know what I mean? You don't often think about it. You look forward to it, and you're like, yeah, it'll be a good time, but it could be. i go my stag, get blind drunk, and die. You know what I mean? It's flipping... It's a worry that I have now as an old guy. Like, stuff that I think will be generally fun, I, I worry about. See, Tom Fullery, it frightens me now. Because it's a bit like, you know, in, in a movie, where you have... Like, like it's a bit like... It's a bit like Rambo, you know? I'm a bit like John Rambo, in, in respect that Rambo used to be... Uh, a marine he left the marines i think it was vietnam he came back tried to live a normal life people fucked with him and guess what he fucked up shit he went back to what it was like when he was in in um he got back into that old soldier mindset and he did some terrible things do you know what i mean and here's a wee, uh, fact that you might know but did you know there's only one person dies in the first rambo film there you go enjoy that you're welcome but um yeah i just feel like when you go on stags you get like a totally different mindset. You, you like as a thirty-one-year-old dude, I should not be drinking Jaeger bombs. I should not be drink, snorkeling WKDs. I should not be finishing drinks, throwing glasses over my head, and doing the Triple H water spit. I shouldn't be pulling, ripping my shirt off. I shouldn't be burning guys with uh, hot steak knives. I shouldn't be. Um, you know, I'm just literally listing things I've done on previous stags. I shouldn't be, um, you know, throwing pint glasses at people in swim pools. You know, I, sh- I shouldn't be getting on like that. Should be trying to swim in, in in canals. I just shouldn't be doing that. But when you get there, you're in the doldrums. You're in the you're in no man's land. You go back to that old that old soldier mindset, that old nam mindset, and that's what worries me. That I could go here and I could just be an absolute disgrace and whenever i was a disgrace as a younger man i didn't have the responsibilities that i have before or that i have now and yeah you could get away with being a jerk you could get away with being an alcoholic you could get away with being a it's a horrible guy whereas now i think i would have all kinds of all kinds of like fear and embarrassment that i wouldn't have had before because a lot of time now like i i wouldn't go to nightclubs anymore because I would just feel like and like I would go to a nightclub and I'd feel as if I'm Peter Stringfellow. Like I'd be in this club and I'd be like, Why am I eighty years old? Why are everyone why why is the age limit for people getting the clubs dropped from eighteen to eleven? Like why are there all these eleven year olds in this club and me, an eighty year old dude? And it's like I know you wouldn't be a child molester or a pedophile, but you feel like one. You feel bad. You're like, Why am I in here? Am I am I am I a pedo? Is this what I am? Am I a paedophile person? Because I'm in this nightclub. But in re- reality, they're all adults. Like most people are probably maybe a maximum 10 to 15 years younger than me at the very youngest. But hey, there's probably people way older than me, but not in my head. I'm like, anyone older than me in this nightclub has fully been dead for like 10 years. But instead, you just, uh, you just go and you do it. And I don't know, I don't know A, where I'm going. I don't know B who's going. I don't know C what I need. I've just been told I'll be collected on Thursday and that's it. Not told bring anything, just a passport and uh and here's the other thing, a positive mental attitude. Like that's you know, I I'd be honest, I'm worried, but there's all the worry and all the, the fear on one side, but then there's the, the excitement as well. There is that bit of that goes, hmm, this could be a good time. So I'm just hoping um, and also putting out a public service announcement to those who are going on my stag. Um, go easy on me. Um, make sure I get home in one piece. And, you know, um, if, if you must bring me to a strip club, whatever, um, just know that I will not be paying for, I will not be paying for a dance. That's all. If you just bring me to a strip club, per se, I will not pay for a dance. Take that how you want. I won't pay for one, right? That's what I'm saying. I'll not do that. And just make sure I get home every night and make sure I drink more water because I'm an old man. All right. And yeah, that's about, that's about that. I think I've talked enough shit for a, I think I've talked enough shit for one week, right? So I shall now go on to my my listeners' questions. Um, Let me see. First question is from oh the Gorman. It's not actually a question per se. It's it's a story, and then 
a suggestion. So fair play to you, Luke. Um, Lucas said, Hi Dave, hope you're keeping well. In response to you asking about who was listening to the podcast in Tom's River, New Jersey, it was me, on holiday in the US for a couple of weeks. You'll probably have some listening to the last week's, or you'll probably have someone listening to last week's in Massachusetts as well. Was keeping the podcast sub going strong abroad and spreading the physique word. Fair play to you, brother. On my way back last night, I had a whole row to myself on my flight and it was great. So my question is, have you ever had any similar lucky travel experiences? Well, look, um, yes, I actually have had two rows to myself. And I mean, not two rows because I'm not, I'm not like, I don't need entourage space. Do you know what I mean? But I have had a row going away on a flight to a destination and a row come back on a flight to destination um so what it was was i went to la a couple of years ago um with shane todd and michael foster my friends <laughs> friends and uh we like shane was like no I, i'll book flights i'll get you somewhere sorted and you just, just give me the money and i was like yeah no problem um, so he's, he booked the flights and I was like yo how much are those flights and I think he said something like you know six quid like, hmm. and I was like six quid and he was like yeah well that's return as well mate and I was like I, I know that that's very cheap and he was like yeah but um, we have to fly out of Dublin and I was like okay who who are we flying with is like have you got some sort of air miles or something for like British Airways or Virgin or um, Ryanair or Lingus something like that and he was like nah we're flying Ethiopian Airlines I was like hmm yeah Ethiopian Airlines and I was like Shane why are we flying from Dublin to LA on a made up airline that I've never heard of and he goes oh no they're, they're, they're a proper legit good airline and I'm like Shane I don't know if I'm buying in this he goes no no I swear and I looked up Ethiopian Airlines and couldn't really find a great deal about them the only thing I could find was that they flew um, just domestic flights in Africa so I was like hmm why are they going to be taking me from Dublin to LA but I went with it. I couldn't really find too much info on them. And then we got drove down to Dublin, went uh, to get our tickets, had all the information on our phones, and went to get the tickets. And we got our tickets printed out, went to go through the security, walked up to the guy, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, you can't actually scan those tickets. We need to just punch them. I went, hmm? He's like, yeah, we, we need to punch those tickets. We can't scan them because they're not, like, advanced enough technologically. And I said, all right, this is a very promising start they can't actually scan ethiopian airline tickets they have to punch a hole in it like as if they're a train conductor from the 18th century during the flipping industrial revolution in the victorian era and i'm thinking to myself what the hell's going to happen here am i going to get this plane and i'll be like please look below there are holes in the floor where you can run to pick up speed so the plane can take off Flintstone style. At this point, I'm panicking. I'm going, oh shit. So we get through. We are in like the tiniest bay for Ethiopian Airlines, which at this point I'm still thinking is because it's a made-up airline. We get ourselves through and um, see the, the whole staff, the like the, the air hostesses and stuff come through. So by this point, I'm going, hmm. It might actually be a real thing. And then I like look out the window and I see this plane. And it looks like it's come from the year 3000. It's like Busted have brought this plane back from the year 3000 with like a girl with three tits. And this is what I'm flying to LA on. It's a brand spanking new Boeing 747. Sweetest looking plane ever. On the side, Ethiopian Airlines. I'm thinking, oh shit, this is great. Head into the plane. No joke. It's a plane that probably has a, you could fit about, I, I don't know, plane capacity. It's a big one. You know, there's three rows across. There are hundreds of people on this plane, right? That's how many people it has seats for. Hundreds, right? And then I get in and there's no joke about, I wouldn't even say it would be wrong for me to say 50 people on this flight. And it was great. I got in, I got my wee blanket, I got my wee earphones, I got everything I need. I just get in there, I like called over the air hostess and I was like, excuse me, um, where do I like need to pay to get the, the, the movie service? And she was like, that's free. 
I was like, what? You have this selection of movies and it's free? And she said, yeah, you'll fill your boots. She didn't say that because she was Ethiopian, so she uh, probably used a more a more colloquial term for that. But she was like, yeah, it's free, go ahead. And I was like, very nice. And then I decided I'd go for a wee, a wee watch of a movie. I think I watched, um, what did I watch? I remember I watched something I really got into. Um, I think it was um, San Andreas with The Rock. But it was great, um, and I enjoyed that. And then I went for a wee nap, and then I woke up, and they were coming around with food, and they had like this nice meat, really nice tender, like steak type meat with like it was Ethiopian food, so I was a bit like unsure of it. I didn't know what some of the stuff was, but what I will tell you was it was delicious. I had it all up, mm, num num num, and it was great. And then they came around, and were like, "Would you like some wine or beer?" Again, big man reaches down to pull out his. Uh, his wallet and she was like no put that away sir it's complimentary and I was like oh shit give me three bottles of red wine and give me two beers and I turned Trump give me three bottles of red wine and give me two beers I want them so I got that on board enjoyed it and then I went back to sleep again and just landed in LA feeling so refreshed feeling so good and went and had a great holiday and then the exact same treatment on the way back I'll be honest it wasn't as enjoyable on the way back because I knew what I was getting but what I am saying is the weird podcast is unofficially sponsored by Ethiopian Airlines so if any of you guys are looking to travel across the world anytime soon you're looking at discount rate but the top quality service travel Ethiopian the airline for you that's literally not their slogan, or if it is, it's just a lucky guess. Uh, and Luke's also said, I have a suggestion for the Champions League of Weird coming back. Maybe you could have a different, you could have the different matches and knockouts put on an Instagram poll for the weirdos to have their vote as to who gets through. Yo, man, that's a very um, decent shout, and I think I will do that. I think that's what I will will do when the, when the uh, Champions League of Weird comes back. What I will do is I'll put like a, a couple of I'll do a wee quick poll on Instagram to see who would get into it. Uh, I'll, I'll go for the basic ones and then like the the no brainers and then any people I'm unsure of I'll get you guys to do it. But there's there's been a lot of people calling for the Champions League of Weird to come back and if that's what people want, you know, who am I to deny it? But thanks um thanks Luke for listening to the podcast in Tom's River, New Jersey and also Massachusetts and hope you're enjoying uh, the remainder of your holiday and also hopefully you're flying Ethiopian Airlines. Gareth Owens said, not a question, more of a statement slash story. Please explain the buying drinks policy at your gig in Accidental Theatre. Blew my wife's mind when she was asked if she was buying a book. Um, hashtag longest non-question question ever. Well, Gareth, what I will say is I have literally 0% clue as to what goes on there. I think there's some issue in the Accidental Theatre with, like, a drinks license per se so I don't think legally you can buy drinks so what I think they do is that you have to go in you have to buy a book because it's like a bookshop so you buy a book and then trade the book for a drink which I think is a loophole of how to do that could be wrong could have got an accidental theatre in a lot of trouble there hopefully I haven't it's, it's come from a good place but I think that's the law behind it because I was sort of like a bit um you know, surprised myself when I was on stage seeing all this audience with books and I'm going, hmm, do you think I'm going to be this shit that you need to read a book during it? You know, I get enough of that whenever I'm having sex and whenever um, Catherine's sitting there reading Pride and Prejudice and I'm going to work, you know, it's like it, it is a bit disconcerting, but to see an audience having it, it put me off but thankfully during the uh, interval I got to the bottom of that, so yeah, that's how they do it They uh, you swap books for drinks which is, yeah, it's pretty cool um, Chris Henning has said well Dave hope you're well my question this week is related to your previous wrestling history what would your finisher be hmm I ha- my finisher that I was working on when I was genuinely training to be a wrestler such a weird sentence that is I, it was a sort of spear tackle type mo- manoeuvre where I threw someone into one rope I ran into a uh, uh, not even an, on the opposite rope that would be too basic it was like a, a rope at a right angle to, so say I threw you into the 9 o'clock rope I'm running to the 12 right and then as you come back in I just totally annihilate you on the side and yeah you, you, you all I'm saying is you, you don't get up um, and that's that 
So that was my finisher. But see now, if I were to have a finisher, what it would be, it would be, without doubt, a very stiff, straight kick to the shin. It would be, you wouldn't get up from that. I would just be the only wrestler who does a move that you could definitely kick out of, but it would be so devastating, you couldn't do it. It would be the shin strike. Um, Johnny Maxwell, high hopes for Arsenal tomorrow. I'll be straight with Johnny. No. I'd take a draw now if I could. Um, I feel like Arsenal still need they need more money and they need different players and different personnel and I think Man City will stuff us if we don't lose by about 3 or 4 it's probably a good result um, but I'll be straight I, I, I don't really have high hopes I'd love to see them win but I'm not going to get my hopes up um, Matthew Mernon has sent me a link to an advert and he said what's the weirdest ad you've ever seen um, let me see I, I've fat thumbs here Matthew so I'm trying to type the, the hit the the link you sent me and i shall get this up here but it's, it's mizzen plus me and the phil mickelson dance okay let me see oh wow um this is golfer phil Mikkel, mickelson dancing very uh very sexily to a ridiculous song Well, golf balls have been. He looks very creepy and not like himself. He looks a bit like Arsenal manager in Miami there. But yeah, very, very weird. Phil Mickelson normally wears a hat, so it's strange to see him not wearing a hat. But what's the weirdest ad I've ever seen? Uh, there was one, right? If anyone remembers this, let me know what it was for. I think it was for like Tango or something. But it was an advert in the, like, it must have been very early 90s or late 80s when I was just a wee nipper. And it was this monster and whatever drink it was he drank, he poured it into his ear. I remember just thinking this guy was quite terrifying. And then my parents saw I was scared of this guy and they were like, nah, this bro lives in Winnie Hill. And see if you're bad, I'm going to bring you to Winnie Hill and feed you to him. And I was like, oh no, that's going to be terrible. And then my dad which is so weird, was rather than like, yeah, and he'll eat you, but he'll not eat you with his mouth, he'll eat you with his ear. And I used to be terrified of that, and I used to be scared of ears because of it. So if anyone knows what that advert is, that's definitely the weirdest advert um, that I have seen. I was actually in an advert once, which was also a screw job. Um, it was for like flu influenza injection or something. But what had happened was this advertising company just turned up at my school and took some like B-roll shots of kids playing in the playground. Mm, so P2E and uh, here's your boy just playing football, striking the ball in his school shoes. Got home, my dad had seen it, recorded it on the TV, on the tape, the olden school days. And then my parents were like, um, you're not playing football in your school shoes, are you? And I was like, nah, please, parents, that's not what I do. I told you, I put my trainers on, don't play in my school shoes, and you should treat me like an adult enough to respect that I don't do that. And then my dad was like, hmm, exhibit A. Pops it on, there's me, albeit scoring an absolute worldie from about 10 metres. But I'm in my school shoes. I got whooped again. So let's just say I don't wear my school shoes anymore. But um, yeah, there were there was pretty weird adverts. Um, I got totally oh no, I'm back to Mickelson again. Um, Glenn Lindsay, yo, Mister Macho Man, where did the term boom boom pancake head come from? Um, hashtag physique guy, hashtag weird, hashtag syrup. Um, for those of you who don't know, Shane often makes me tweet boxer Tyson Fury calling him a pancake head um, which eventually I mean, it's going to result in me getting punched in the face um, but I, he told me that it originated from this guy this like internet famous guy from Northern Ireland Connor Burns who's apparently a boxer I checked him out I'm going to say he's not a pro boxer the, you know the guy definitely has as your granny would say a bit of a want about him and it's kind of sly people are um are making as much of a big deal of him as, as it is. It's kind of feel like it's maybe virgin on bullying a little bit, and people shouldn't. But, you know, if he's enjoying it and he's getting, you know, happiness out of it, fair play to us. But, yeah, he apparently challenges other boxers and calls them boom-boom pancake heads. So I think that's where that has come from. And Michael Jardine, hope Stendhal went well, Papa Bear. Been getting some crazy food cravings since I got back in NI. Hmm, you pregnant, bro? But what's your weirdest food craving and concoction? Hashtag weird. Um, 
I don't know. I I have quite um like I like like I have the the food cravings of like Henry the Eighth. I like to eat you know proper nice food. I like to eat top quality Tucker. I like to really you know nosh out on on some good stuff. Um, so I never really like that whole, uh, you know, I don't like to mix the sweet and I don't like to mix that with the savoury. Like, see, people that would drink, like eat pancakes and bacon and syrup, mm, you're definitely aliens from another planet. That's not for me at all. But in terms of cravings, what I really like is ice cream. Like, see, when I'm being, when I'm on a super diet and I'm being a good guy, I'm being a physique guy, I'm focusing on the training, which I am at the minute, because as, as you know, guys, I'm going on a stag this week and there's no doubt i will be in not a very sexy outfit at some point which would probably not be too flattering but hey it is what it is and and i will have been craving ice cream and that's that would be the main thing i love ice cream there's this new shop this new store <laughs> opened a banger called nugalato i think it's called you know just called something normal it'd be handy but um it looks like it does real good, delicious ice cream, and I'm very keen to get down there and try it out. But yeah, feeling that ice cream that I would mostly go for be a Maud's ice cream. It's hard to beat Maud's special specialist ice cream. So guys, that's the end of this week's podcast. I just want to say thanks. It's been brought to you in association with Ethiopian Airlines and Maud's ice cream. Um, travel safe, eat the ice cream, and hopefully, with any luck... I'll be back again next week for another podcast. You know, hey, if I'm not here next week, um, I'm probably dead. And also there is a chance that the weird podcast will be late next week because I'm only getting back from a stag do if I do live late on Sunday. So I'll try and get it done then while um, my memory's still fresh. And, you know, yeah, I'll just tell you all the sassy secrets you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But until then... Get on the SoundCloud, check out on any older episodes of the podcast that you haven't heard before. You know, share the podcast with people, make that your your good your good deed for the week. And if you haven't already, um, which would be weird because weirdos all have rated and reviewed my podcast. So if you're actually a real friend of the show and a weirdo, you'd be straight on the iTunes. Five star review, rate review the podcast. And if it's weird enough, I'll read it in the po- read read it out in the podcast. Well, what else more do you want than that? But anyway. Take care of yourselves, guys. Cheers for listening, and fingers crossed they don't die on stag.